0: Welcome to Shape by Faith with your host Teresa Rowe. To find out more about Shape by Faith and Teresa Rowe, please visit shapebyfaith.com or visit the YouTube channel, Facebook, or Instagram. And now here is Teresa Rowe. Welcome to Shape By Faith, where we shape our bodies and hearts for God's purposes. I have an amazing, super special guest today. And I hope I get her name correct and Lena, If I don't, you're just going to have to correct me. Her name is Pastor Lena. Let me try it. Gautier, and she is an ordained minister, award-winning musician who works and serves as a music teacher, worship minister, leader, coach, women's ministry leader, public speaker, and Christian author. I mean, her resume is just amazing. Lena has taught students of all ages and levels since 1987 and has held positions with various recognized schools, including Canada Christian College. Throughout her career, Lena has performed as a soloist with various orchestras, ensembles, and bands in both classical and Christian venues. And she's also released three albums of both classical selections and her own Christian compositions. Welcome to Shape by Faith, Lena.
1: Uh, thank you so much, Teresa. I'm just so happy to be here. Um, you know, and connecting with you. I'm really excited for this time together.
0: Well, I'm glad. God connected us. I know you reached out to me. And then, as I heard your story, and then I looked at your website and I'm like, wow, okay, she needs to be a guest. And so I'm so thankful that God did that for the both of us. All right. So tell our listeners so they have an idea where do you live?
1: Yes. So I live in Canada. And uh, I come originally from the province of Quebec, which is the only province that is uh, Francophone, like it's it, French is the language that is spoken there. So the accent is not because I come from Canada, it's because I come from Quebec and particularly from the, the city of Quebec City, which is, the, which is the capital of the province of Quebec. Which is actually the oldest fortified city in North America. Oh wow! So history there. Yes. So how long
0: have you lived in Canada?
1: So I've always lived in in Canada. In Canada I was okay. born there and, and my ancestors were born there since the 1600s. Oh, wow. So that goes back a long time, all in the province of Quebec. Now, my husband and I did a grand departure uh, because now we live in Ontario. We have lived in the province of Ontario for the last um, 30 years, actually over 30 years for my husband and 29 years and something for me. Actually, I moved to Ontario because we got married and he was already in Ontario, although he's from Quebec City as well. So we've been uh, we've been here in Ontario and our children were born here in Ontario. Okay, so when did you learn English? Yes, that's a good question, actually. Um, my mom, uh, when, before she got married, she went to work in the States, actually she learned English and, uh, she went to work in the States as a secretary for a big, uh, accounting firm, I believe. And she was in Vermont and, um, she really enjoyed it, but her mother got ill and she needed to come back. She wanted to stay in the States actually. And thank God she got back because she met my father. And so they got married and then, uh, I came, I'm the first one of three daughters. Um, and so my mom always wanted to teach us English from a very early age. And I always enjoyed languages and I always enjoyed uh, English. And she started uh, teaching me. Uh, different words and, um, different, uh, little sen- uh, simple sentences. And then when I went to school by grade five, we were, uh, started with English. Then I did enrich classes. Then I went to college to an English speaking college in the city of Quebec. Um, I did also an exchange, uh, when I was in grade 11 with somebody from British Columbia, uh, here in Canada. Um, and then of course, uh, I, just continue on with the, with the English, you know, like uh, perfecting the English. And then of course I moved, uh, in 1994 here in Ontario. And so this is where the, the English, it's always English here.
0: Yes. Well, and you and I discussed before we, we got on, um, the radio today, we were talking about, you know, I live in Kentucky and my allergies are horrible right now you can probably hear it, but you are also talking about the weather there. So what's it like there?
1: So, and that's funny, like you and I, we really think alike, because I was thinking the same. I was like, I was, I wonder how the weather is because you you, like, you guys are farther south than we are. uh, But where I am right now is in the lowest point, the south and the most southern point of Canada. So the Toronto is is really like really there's still Windsor that's more south but you're really in the most southern part so we um we are moving towards fall the leaves are starting to change colors a little bit um, the days are getting just a little bit um, more chilly. Um, here we have our temperature in um Celsius so okay. <laughs> I don't know in in Fahrenheit how it is but um so it's a little bit more chilly definitely at night um and yeah it is the time for ragweed it's ragweed season here and so that's affecting me also um especially this year so I'm trying to be super careful with what I eat to not trigger any kind of Allergies as much as possible because of the ministry that I do, uh, singing as I do, um, yeah, singing and coughing and having asthma like reaction is sneezing it go and well. not <laughs>
0: It doesn't go well <laughs> together,
1: no, no it doesn't. No, it, doesn't. But it,
0: it sounds like our weather is very similar. Um, it, mm-hmm. it is like that in Kentucky. I live on a farm, and so as we are harvesting the crops and everything oh. gets churned up in the atmosphere. And, you know, it is what it is, but I I do the same as you. I'm careful with what I eat and and try to drink that um, hot tea throughout the day, drink a lot of water, stay hydrated. But enough of that, (laughs) What? let's talk about your faith. Uh, We've heard about your lovely family, sounded like you were in a very well-rounded family. What was your faith like, um, you know, when you were a child and when you were a teenager?
1: And I love that question and, that, and I didn't want to tell you anything and I didn't want to change that question before because <laughs> I thought that this would make for such an interesting story. And uh, I'm really excited to share about that, actually. And so I'm going to try to do as as quick as I can. So I grew up in a cult, what I need to call a culturally Catholic family, meaning in the province of Quebec, um, historically, it was always only Catholics like mainly, you have less than 1% of the population that is born again Christian. So that's less than in Pakistan. And so that's something that to keep in mind. So I grew up kind of like going to church every every week, but it was more cultural than anything. My mom's Uh, criteria for going to church was the sermon needed to be 10 minutes or uh, shorter. And my dad's, (laughs) my dad's criteria for going to church was it needed to be a good choir. So we would go. And then of course, there was the the time depending my dad had his own business. So depending on the time, of course, uh, my dad would choose whatever church that fit these three criterias and so that's how I grew up and when I was a late teenager um, I left the faith and so my family left the faith as well and they never came back to faith. I came back to faith and I got born again and we can talk more about that later on but um, my family is still in a place where um, they are more into new age. They are basically atheists. Um, and so that's of course something that's really heavy on my heart. Um, and so the the Lord really through a whole story brought us to faith. Uh, first my husband, and then my myself through saving faith. But I didn't have saving faith before I was thirty one.
0: Wow, that's an incredible story. Thank you so much for sharing that, Lena. And you know you are the light in your family, and I really believe that. Through you, your family will come to know Jesus Christ as their personal savior. And I, I believe that for all families as we are the light and we pray, we pray for our families, right? Um, because you could talk to them till the cows come home and it's not gonna matter. So we just pray for our families and say, Lord, have your way with them. Uh-huh. Um, uh, but let's take a real quick break, and we will come back. And with more Shape by Faith, everyone stay tuned. Welcome back to Shape by Faith. Pastor Lena, I'm gonna leave your last name out, Lena, is an ordained minister and award-winning musician who works and serves as a music teacher, worship minister, leader, coach women's ministry leader and public speaker and Christian author. You've done so much in your lifetime. Um, Let's talk about your singing. Have you always enjoyed singing?
1: I have always enjoyed singing. I come from a family of musicians. So my dad was um, uh, playing the accordion. He came from a family of musicians like these fiddlers, you know, like the, the French Canadian music, took uh, its origins from the from the fiddlers the irish and scottish fiddlers and so he was playing the accordion and um, the first recording actually that my dad made of me singing i was one and a half oh my goodness got, I, I i i actually remember because i was kissing the microphone <laughs> and i think that was <laughs> that must have been the Something. But, uh, you know, I started singing. uh, But soon when I was four, I asked my dad for a piano. And after two years of asking him for a piano, he bought me a piano when I was six. And then, uh, of course, since now we had a piano, he wanted me to accompany him while he was playing the accordion. And so he explained to me, oh, this is a C chord. This is a G chord. This is a F chord. And I'm going to start playing. You're going to start on C. And then you're going to hear it. You're going to hear it change. So when you change, you're going to, you know, you're going to change. And this was uh, my first music lesson. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and then after that, my um, I was enrolled in, in former, uh, tr- you know, formal training for piano. And um, that was kind of like a... A Love hate relationship between me and taking piano lessons because I had such a good ear so I could pick up anything from recordings or the radio and play it so it was really a bother for me to just go uh, to the nuns and get my music lessons but. You know, I persevered, and eventually I got um, you know my master's degree in performance in opera. Actually, that's so that's my background for singing. I'm an opera singer, and um, I, I I won a national singing competition here in Canada, and um, I was my career was just starting and blossoming, and I had worked really hard for it, and then um, and then the Lord saved me, and then He said. I don't want you to uh, sing opera. I want you to sing for my church. And that happened in a very huge uh, epiphany moment where I had a vision of my life and where I, you know, really sensed the Lord speaking so clearly in my heart. That was right before the last concert I did uh, as an opera singer with with a 60-piece orchestra and a 100-singer choir singing the Handel's Messiah, so. Wow, okay, so
0: all right, you got born again, and the Lord spoke to you, and and, and told you this, so here you are, this is your gifting, this is your talent, among other things, um, so what did you do? I mean, when did you realize God was gifting you, now with this voice, and many other talents to bring glory to him, did you think you were still going to sing for him now? I mean, is what did you do?
1: So that's a very good question. So j- just to kind of put a little bit of a context to, to the thing, we came to faith, my husband and I, through um, a separation, actually. We had two separations. Our marriage was we had very good intentions, but we really needed the Lord. And so we got separated twice, once after a year and a half of marriage, and then the second time after seven years of marriage. And, um, and that second separation brought my husband to faith. And by the grace of God, he still ministered to me Although we were separated, and that brought me to faith, and then um, we we got filled with the Holy Spirit. I got healed of my ovaries. I got two um, miracle children. We have two miracle children, David and Marie, David and, and Mary, in English. And um, and so the singing was part of this super like overhaul of what the lord was doing in in our lives and so uh, i i got born again and and then it's shortly after that the lord really revealed his plan to me that he wanted me to sing for his church and i think that at that time the one thing that was clear to me was that i would never sing again the way that i had sung as an opera singer that this was that particular day with that particular concert was um, the end of something, and I, I was I was quite okay with it because it was so overwhelming, and it seemed like such a an incredible thing to sing for God's church. I didn't know what it what form it would take. I knew that at the time um, I started leading worship right away, um, and not too long after we did a a mission trip to Trinidad, and I was leading worship there even through deliverance services and all sorts of demonic manifestation. And I was leading worship there. And I I learned a lot, you know, like I learned that leading worship and performing was completely two different things, although both involve singing, uh, completely two different worlds. And um, it it was such a a deep call on my life, um, this desire and this love that I have so much to worship Jesus. Um, that, you know, it just overtook everything, and I, I started leading worship, um, we were in a church that was a growing church, so I built the, the worship ministry there, I pastored in worship, I was training musicians, and building the choir, and doing everything that I could do there, and serve, um, and while I did also um, studies in theology now, to, you know, to really answer the call,
0: So leading worship was different than anything you'd ever experienced. So can you, and of course, one is secular and one is not. and, And it's the same thing with fitness. Like I was a fitness instructor before I got saved. And then after I got saved, it totally changed the dynamics of how I taught the class. So
1: could you explain just briefly how this was so different? Yes. It, well, you know, and I'm thinking, doing drawing a parallel from what you were saying, because, you know, when you're doing a class in the secular, you're exalting the body for the sake of the body. Right. Mm-hmm. And now your classes, when I do your classes, I so appreciate that. I, I always have a sense that my body is the temple of the Holy Spirit and I'm exercising it as an act of worship. And so it was the same for me. When you are an opera a singer, um, all the glory is on you. All the, you know, all the focus is on you and what you can do. Now, leading worship is me yielding the talents that God has given me, acknowledging that that it's not about me, it's about him. And then pointing people not to me, but to him and engaging them. So it's like learning to not sing all the high notes that I can sing, but to sing in a way that engages the people, you know, like in, in a way that's inspiring them to really connect with the Lord and enter into God's presence. So, as I enter into God's presence myself, um, they are drawn to come and I say, Well, you know, follow me, guys, we're gonna go to a beautiful place and we're gonna exalt our God. And so, it's all about the glory of the Lord. That is really. so
0: good, that is so good. And I know, as a worship leader, the you know. People may be focused on you because you're up there and you're leading worship, but as you lead them coming into the presence of the Lord, there there is such a difference than when you're not in the presence of the Lord. I mean, I th- I think we can all tell that in different worship leaders. I just try and close my eyes during the singing and just sing and let the Lord lead me in that way,
1: you know, yes, as a I'm- worship
0: leader is leading.
1: Oh, yeah. And for me as a worship leader, I actually open my eyes often because I want to see, are the people engaged? Are the people looking at me or are their eyes closed? So um, their eyes are closed. They're they're worshiping the Lord. I'm like, good. You know, maybe their eyes are open. They're following the words. That's good, too. Um, And you learn also, and I have learned this, that, you know, you have you cannot go with the faces of the people because no. I always see you have the needy faces and the happy faces and <laughs> you need to, the you need to look faces.
0: at
1: <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, I, I think, um, we learn as a worship leader that you cannot base, you know, like the, the worship on the reaction of the people, because sometimes some people you will think they are totally not engaged, but the Lord is speaking so deeply to them that it's like they're, you know they're in another world. It's not always those that are jumping, and those that are jumping the highest are not. Sometimes after worship, they're they have the nastiest attitude.
0: Mm, that's good. That's good. Okay, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back with more Shape by Faith. Welcome to Shape by Faith, Pastor Lena, ordained minister, award-winning musician who works and serves as a music teacher. Worship leader, leader, coach, women's ministry leader, public speaker, Christian author. And Lena, you went through some serious health issues in 2017. So tell us what happened.
1: Yes. Yeah, so um, thank you so much for allowing me the the opportunity to share about that, because that really literally changed my life and my ministry uh, and my relationship with the Lord. Uh, and in December 2017, I was uh, working late, always working late at night, doing a lot of ministry things, work things. And um, that night uh, before I went to bed, it was probably three or four in the morning. There was like really I had a lot of things to do. And I, I had some pain on the side of my head and I touched my head and it was really, really tender. It felt like as a bruise, as if somebody would have, you know, hit my head. And so um, I I got it uh, checked. They thought uh, maybe it's shingles, but they were not sure. And so they gave me shingles medication. And then I reacted to this. My heart started skipping beats and doing all sorts of things. So then went back to the doctor. Doctor said, well, you cannot take this. You're going to have to bear the thing with no medication. And so I'm like, okay. And so the, the week of over a week went by. And so what happened is that my neck paralyzed and I had random electric shocks going through my, uh, from my neck to my head. And, um, it was really something. I didn't know what was going on. Lying down was the worst. So I could not rest. I could not sleep. These electric current things would come. I could not move my head at all. I finally went to the emergency, and so um, they. And by that time, I had also some nodes there, some lymph nodes that are that were all swollen on the side of my neck. They couldn't find really what it was there, and so they gave me some kind of um, non-steroidal thing, muscle relaxant, and I reacted to this. I started going numb in my face and all of this, and then from then on. Uh, and all of these reactions and all of these unknown things and nobody being able to tell me what was going on was very frightening to me. And, and I was already kind of really on edge because my schedule was so um, crazy and, you know, I was not taking care of myself as I should. And so what happened is through the months, because this went over a year, actually, this whole ordeal and through the the months, it didn't take many months that I developed panic attacks. I was put, um, I was put on bed rest, uh, by my doctor at that point, because I was not able to do anything. I would, um, I developed an anxiety disorder. I had hourly, if not more panic attacks, severe panic attacks. I developed a depression as well. Um, I was not able to drive anymore. I was not even able to cook in my house. I was not able to do anything. I had uh, physical, I reacted also to the contrast dye that they used to do a CT scan on my uh, neck and brain. And this created now burning in my brain, burning through my body, all sorts of things that happen. So it was extremely challenging, both on a physical level and on a mental level. And because I was reacting to everything, they could not medicate me. They tried to medicate me for this and I had huge hallucinations. And that day that I reacted to the medication, I will never forget all my life because I thought that I would lose my mind. I thought this is it. I'm going to end up in uh in a psych ward and i'm gonna go crazy they're gonna have to put me on something that i'm 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 losing it and i'm seeing myself losing it and all these hallucinations from the pit of hell and so i cried out to the lord and i did on that day the only thing that i knew to do because my husband was working uh you know at another place he could not come i was alone with the two kids at home they were older but still uh homeschooling them And I went on my piano and I started worshiping. I thought the only way that I can uh, survive this right now and make it through, because now I've taken the medication, it's going to be there for a few days and it's going to do, I don't know. And so the only way for me to keep my mind and my sanity is to worship the Lord. And I started worshipping like I've never worshipped before. I would take whatever songs the Holy Spirit would bring to my mind, and I would really start singing these songs and personalizing these words, singing in the Spirit, singing in tongues, stopping and blowing my nose and from all the crying and everything, and start back. And I did that the whole day, nonstop. And after that, I used worship every day, worship and the Word of God, to gradually. It took it took over a year to gradually heal from uh, the anxiety disorder, the the panic attacks, uh, the depression, and from then I'm creating now. I'm still working on it, but what I called worship pills, and it's it that term came because. Um, I was so discouraged that I, you know, it was so hard for me to really um, heal from this and get a hold of that. And the doctor was always well, it's because you cannot be medicated that, you know, you're not improving and your progress is slower than what it should be. And I don't know how it's going to be and really not very encouraging. And so a friend, a mentor said, you know, Lena, Maybe you don't have the meds that they say that you would need, but that's of the Lord's doing. And the Lord wants, you know what works for you and what works for you is worship. And that's how it came, worship pills. And from them, it has completely changed the way that I do worship because this is now a life or death thing for me. This is something that really renews our mind. This is something that gives us the mind of Christ, the word and worship together. And so this is, in a nutshell, my testimony.
0: Wow, that is incredible. I wish we had more time. I have to close out right now. I've got to have you come back on. Thank you so much, Lena, for sharing your story. And thank you for listening. I'm Teresa Rowe. Everyone have a blessed day. Thank you for listening to Shape by Faith with Teresa Rowe. Remember to visit shapebyfaith.com to find out more about workouts, the TV show, podcasts, blogs, Shape by Faith products, and much more.